If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast from handsomefandom.com. I'm Ben and with me here today is Brandon. Hello, Brandon. What's going on? Welcome to the club. How many more introductions can I give you? What's up, dude? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Me too. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful Tuesday. And uh, I got a nice iced tea by my side that I'm mm. pacing myself because... I don't know about you guys, but when I have a drink, I usually just keep drinking it and keep drinking it. That's why I can't get these like big gulps and shit because yeah, yeah. I will just dev- like devour. Yeah. And then I will be in, in, in absolute pain mid show. Looks like some um, homemade iced tea you got going on over there. too. No, no. It's you def- just put it in the Duncan cup. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. just for the feel. Yeah. Um, no, but it's <laughs> it's uh, definitely Dunkin Donuts. I had a hankering when I left left the house i said i'm gonna get me some iced tea is it just it's, is it sweet tea is it just iced tea uh it is uh just normal iced tea yeah for splenda okay that's just how i do it why wouldn't you just get sweet tea then because i didn't want the sugar okay you drink diet soda ben very rarely i'm drinking one right now because it was what was available to me Okay, well, I I know everybody poo poos on the diet. Probably ninety six percent of the time, I drink water or coffee. Well, whatever, Mister Fish, <laughs> drinking all your goddamn water. Do fish all, drink water? I mean, they they fucking it. I know that. <laughs> Dave, what's your opinion on water and fish? I need to know, David. Water and fish are. I don't. Are, that's just a way to introduce are you. Fine. Can, can, are you guys noticing that the the diet stuff is is slowly seems to be disappearing in favor for this zero stuff? Yeah, they're just changing the branding because I think the diet stuff has gotten a bad rap. Yeah, I mean they are changing formulas too. Don't get me wrong, but I mean stuff like diet coke will never disappear because there are people addicted to it. It won't go away. They got the market share. I'm noticing like in vending machines, like there used to be like, let's say two rows of Diet Coke. And now like you have half a row of Diet Coke and like an entire row of Coke Zero. Mm. And then in some places you can't even find Diet anymore. It's just all Zero. Yeah. So I'm wondering if like like they're starting to blur the lines between Diet and like whatever this Zero is to try and, I don't know. It's, it's As a weird. general rule, I find I prefer the Zeros over the diets because they taste less artificial. Yeah. Right. And the uh, the aspartame smear campaign that was going on. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I, I think that's part of it. Probably. Really. It's just it it's just a new aspartame. Um, but I have no I have no quarrels with fake sugar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, many people every time I'm I have one, I feel like somebody comes up to me and says, you know, that gives you cancer. <laughs> and it's just like, OK, dude, go have your cigarette. um you know like like whatever bro it all gives you cancer everything does okay literally everything does yeah and stevia seems to be the new hotness because apparently it's naturally occurring or plant-based or derived or something like that so you're starting to see that pop up but yeah um, uh stevia actually gives me a headache really yeah my wife was baking with it for a while and i was like having constant like chronic headaches Hmm. i'm like what's going on and then she stopped whatever it was she she quit using it and then i just was like oh i just realized i haven't had a headache in a while and she made it one day and i was like this is it whatever is in here and then i like i like traced it to something else i had also been eating and i was like this has been five years ago or so and i was like i think stevia just gives me headaches i don't know why damn can we go back to the sweet tea thing for a second yeah let's do it let's do it because this is a this is a lesson that many a canadian have learned Mm -hmm. when they venture into the 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 depths of the deep unknown that is the united states of america the dank south as i like to call it the dirty south because up here all we have is iced tea which Mm. is what you would call sweet tea so like my wife and i know a lot of other people who've done this they're down in the states 
and like even just down in Buffalo and they go into like a McDonald's and they order an iced tea and they get cold brew or cold tea. And they're really surprised because they were expecting iced tea, which to, to us, you know, sweet tea is iced tea, but we don't have that sort of delineation. But uh, I don't know if that's all throughout the States. It's like that, but the way you guys just kind of went off, I assume that pretty um, much. Iced yeah, tea I, and sweet tea. Are yeah. So, how would you order then just uh, an unsweetened tea? Because if I want an unsweetened tea, I would just say like that is not something that is commonly available up here. Really, and I think that's that's where the difference comes from. Is we you have if you order a tea, you're getting a hot tea, a hot bag tea, or a steep tea, or something like that. If you order an, an iced tea, you're getting a sweet tea. There's no like if you wanted a cold tea, I'm sure you could get it in some places, but it's not something that's commonly available. Hmm. Interesting. Our tea is much sweeter. Like, I feel like the, the sweet tea here is like sweet. It's well, like sweet, sweet. Well, man. Arizona has like a sweet tea and then they have an extra sweet tea. Yeah, that's just too much. That, that's like 75% of your daily recommended amount of sugar. No, I'd like say it's more than a that. A 16 ounce bottle. Well, they're 32 ounce bottles sometimes. Oh, Lord. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> They have those like giant, you know, they have the cans, which mm-hmm. are huge, mm-hmm. but then they also have like the giant round plastic jugs, which I feel like is supposed to be for a family of four yeah, for a meal or something. Oh, yeah. But I just, I'll just drink them. Yeah, absolutely. But I usually just get the regular non-sweetened iced tea if I ever get those because it's so cheap. Yeah. But uh, there was one time when they, when I was like really, really wanted, this was at this little rinky dink gas station. I was on a trip. I wanted I wanted tea for some reason, and I went in, and the they only had Arizona, and they either had mango, which isn't even tea; it's just fruit juice. It's yeah. just a fruit drink. It's yeah. not even a real fruit. Probably. High fructose, cure, yeah, it's just high fructose, syrup, yeah. which is I mean, fine. I'll that's fine if I want that. I'll I'll drink it. I don't sure, care. but they either had that or they had the extra sweet Oof. with the black label, which should be a warning. You know, <laughs> there should and be a skull and crossbones. So I got the extra sweet, and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. Because yeah. it was sweet. Oh, yeah. But it's rich. it wasn't tea. It was yeah. just sugar with some brown water in it. Yeah. Yeah, they should have like like a limb that's half off from the diabetes, like a yeah. warning, like in Canada <laughs> with the cigarettes, like 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 a limb or some toes being off. I feel mm-hmm. like that would be pretty eye-opening. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is if they did that kind of stuff in America, we'd all just be like, yeah, I know. I honestly think it's, it is kind of hilarious. Yeah. I didn't know this was a thing until Dave enlightened us with the cigarettes. Oh yeah, and that's the warnings a thing pretty much everywhere but here. That's because that's like our cash crop. Like, why would we shit on what built no, this no, country, no, man? No, you've got it wrong. The, the backy. It's not the back. The backy is a cash crop, but the king crop is healthcare. Well, now, yeah, because of the backy, <laughs> primarily. Oh boy, oh boy, the great nation, America, of great. sweet tea. And privatized Sweet healthcare. tree and cigarettes. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. Sounds like my weekend mornings. Yeah, it all gave you cancer, remember? Everything. Living gave you cancer. That's One in three, man. Any day now. Let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> some video games. Gross. But uh, before we do that, if you want to hear us talk more about stupid, stupid shit, uh, head on over to Patreon. Actually, you don't get to hear any more of us talking about it. You just get to hear it a day early and without ads. You can sign up on our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That's like less than 25 cents an episode most months. And uh, because of how many months, not because of how many episodes, you know, whatever. Uh, 25 cents a month or a week. Get you early ad free access to the show. Patreon.com slash handsome phantom. We appreciate you joining us over there. And thank you to all the fine supporters we have already. And if you are someone who, whether you want to be a patron or you don't, and you just want to, uh, help encourage us or talk about some stuff with some people head on over to our discord at handsome slash discord and you can join on in with a bunch of troublemakers and laugh at dave for some reason there'll be a there'll be a reason this week to laugh at dave i'm guaranteeing what right did now. somebody call called dave the other day in the discord moose man moose man is this something you and you're happy with being known that as made me chuckle i was All sitting right. on the shitter when i saw that and it the moose man a that- little and pushed, Honestly, I pushed a little harder as a, as a result of that. So nothing but positive came from that. Absolutely. That's good. And of all the animals, it could have been worse. That's true. 
The moose is a noble creature. Beaver boy, I wouldn't like that. The beaver boys. Well, Dave, you don't ever tell the internet what you don't like. <laughs> now you're going to be beaver I boy. inadvertently just gave you a reason to... We're to the beaver boys now. Me, actually, so. he's doing reverse psychology. He actually loves being called beaver boy. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Nintendo. If we have to. <laughs> no, let's talk about let's talk. Okay, the, just some updates. We recently got numbers, and I think this was as recently as like today or yesterday. Through the end of March of this year, Nintendo Switch has sold 125.5 million units and has attached more than 1 billion pieces of software. Brandon. Cha-ching. As the resident <laughs> Nintendo hater, tell me how inferior oh. this makes you. No, I'm just kidding. What do you think? A lot. I mean, no, that's that's you know, like in the top tier of best yeah, consoles ever sold. That's crazy. And you know, in the past week, I have looked at a lot of Nintendo numbers. Actually, like early numbers, like 3DS. Yeah. And like this kind of makes sense with the trajectory that they've had. Um, they've had some sinkers like the Wii U over the years, but um, with how much video games have grown. In the past 10 years, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. As long as they didn't push out another stinker like the Wii U, that numbers were probably going to be in these realms. So right. as much as I like to shit on Nintendo, it just, you know, you can't argue with the empire that they've built. Yeah. And these are mind-bogglingly large numbers, as we've always talked about um, yeah. with the attach rates nonetheless. So right. good for them, I guess. Um, we'll be talking about it later maybe, but... You know, I'll, I'll be shilling out and buying one of their games here at the end of the week. So, yeah, we can talk about that now. Yeah. But, but let's let Dave sound off on the sales numbers first. I, I'm wondering what people are buying this thing for, like this long into the life cycle. Uh, Mario. Just Mario. Yeah. Mario Kart, probably. Like I, can do, I, I wonder if the movie like pumps some of those numbers. Dude, I bet it just, did. And it's like Mario Kart. That's another thing where it's just like that so far after that game actually released when i'm talking about like the original version of that mario kart still selling like hotcakes still yeah. makes gta look like redfall <laughs> yeah um, seriously it's, it's just, just a quick note these numbers are from before the mario movie for what it's worth that's so that's gonna pump it even more and then we got zelda at the end of the week so it's Dude, they're gonna know. have a huge fucking year they could not they could Nintendo could go an entire year without having a single game launch on their platform. I'm not talking about first party. I'm talking about any game and it would still be the best selling console by a long shot. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's Dude, just... I would love, I would love to see the granular details. I bet people are still buying animal crossing and everything. Like I do not doubt that one bit. Oh, I'm sure that's the case. I think as far as hardware units, like I know there are people who buy every special edition. Now, granted, that's a very small subset. Yeah, it's like a niche, sure. But let's say that's like 100,000 people. That have three switches. That have three or four switches. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And of course, they're putting out the special edition of the for the for the Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. There are people who are buying those. I actually, I wanted one of those, but I resisted. Is it an OLED switch? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think they're even manufacturing the old ones anymore. Oh, are they? I didn't. I, didn't I, I could that. be wrong on that, okay. but I'm pretty certain that they're not. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and I guess I'm excited about the game. Um, I'll talk about what I've been playing later, but okay. Um, this is the game now that I'm looking forward to. Now that I've been a little bit let down. Yeah. <laughs> in a couple different ways, so I've just kind of been waiting for something to pique my interest again. Um, and I will say, about a month or a month or two ago, I had relatively little interest in breath of the wild and they've done a pretty decent job with their ad campaigns to kind of get me back in mm -hmm. um i don't know if it is just the drought and lack thereof of interesting things uh, to play for me but it's probably a little bit of both so i don't know if you guys are ex as excited as i am but because there's nothing else that i am interested in it's now becoming very exciting to me um yeah, I'm I'm excited. I haven't seen anything since the initial reveal. Yeah. So I'm excited. But I think that's just because I am a I've played every Zelda game. Right. I just love Zelda. Like yeah. I don't I don't know why. Probably because it's one of the earliest things I remember playing. Yeah. So And I re yeah. recently watched an insane world record speed run for Zelda. It was crazy. For Breath so, of the Wild. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Dave. That kind of rehyped me. Tears of the Kingdom. Is it happening? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, if you asked me a couple of weeks ago if I was going to be day one on this, I probably would have said no because I was really hoping Redfall was going to be my my thing. But obviously that didn't work out. And, you know, I haven't gone dark on this game. Um, and I, I've seen, I haven't seen a lot, but I've seen a little bit and enough to make me really be like, I really want to get lost in this game. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked before how I've gotten a bit of open world fatigue. Zelda just did the open world so much different. No, it wasn't even different. They just did it so well yeah. that like you really felt like you were like exploring and discovering and not just chasing uh, markers and stuff. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting lost into it. I have some stuff going on in my life that's going to make mobile gaming or like playing on my switch, uh, you know, a little bit more attractive. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to just kind of getting lost in this game. And um, I think it's going to run like shit, but I don't think it's going to run any worse than breath of the wild did. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't see this game disappointing me and um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably going to pick it up on Friday physical too. And I don't, my switch is the only thing I can buy physical games on anymore. So I'm looking yeah. forward to walking at the store and, and walking out with a, a little plastic bag and a, and a game. Inside. What? <laughs> so just out of curiosity, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much physical for the most part, but what, what makes you decide? Like, why did you decide that you want to get this one physical? Even though most of your collection is digital on switch. I don't know. It's probably because I can. Um, like I've got a Series S and I've got a digital PS5. So like I don't, I with those I have to buy a digital. But I so I don't get that experience of going to the store and and picking out a game. So the fact that it. I can do that with my Switch, I think, makes me want to do it for a game I'm really excited of. All my other Switch pur- purchases generally are impulsive. Where I'm on yeah. the eShop and I see something that's on sale. This isn't the case with this. This is like. You know, I know I'm going to get it. So rather than, you know, pre-order and download it, I'll just pick it up at the store. So, yeah. Nice. Speaking of which, Dave, kind kind of on the same vein there, uh, all the talk about a detachable PlayStation disk drive for the PS5. Does that have you at all interested as someone who has a digital one? Are you interested in getting that so you can like, I don't know, get game, get cheap game, hard, uh, cheap physical games on sale or borrow them from friends? Or If I start to see like just like absolute bangers pop up at like Walmart and, and GameStop, you know, like the bargain bins of PS five where I have a reason to, to kind of pick it up. But then again, it, it would be backwards compatible. Right. So it could theoretically yeah. play PS four games. Right. Cause I do kind of, I do kind of miss that. I miss going to like a GameStop and like looking through just the bargain bin and picking stuff out because you know, it's all useless to me now. Right. So I don't know. I, I think if, uh, on first reaction i'd probably say no that wouldn't be something that interests me but depending on what the price is and what it looks like attached to the ps5 i might consider that i may actually consider that you've, you've yeah. got me thinking you've you've got my curiosity now i mean i feel like if 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 i were you and i were all in on digital which is a hard stretch for me but if i were and you told me that i could play my ps4 games which are mostly physical and i could Brandon gets a game. I want to borrow it from him, whatever I could do that. Uh, there isn't such a thing really as renting games anymore, except for like Gamefly and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think if, if you said like, this is a hundred bucks and now you have all these possibilities of not respending money on old games or getting new games cheaper. I'll talk about a game later that it's just crazy. The difference between physical and digital, but anyway, yeah, crazy. No, there's a case to be made, especially I feel like the physical library. I don't know about you guys, but for me, PS4 is significantly larger. Yeah. Um, so that draw alone, um, if I didn't have it, would definitely bring me in. Next, let's talk about Sony a little more. Talked about the the disk drive. And this is um this is like a two-parter here. Sony has reportedly struck exclusivity deals with Konami for Metal Gear Solid 3, Silent Hill and possibly even Castlevania. This is according to Jez Corden, and it's reported by WCCF Tech. I think Jez reported it in a tweet. Um, it said, we've seen quite a few rumors about Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater being remade. Recently, porting studio Virtuos listed Konami as one of its clients, 
And VGC's Andy Robinson also mentioned the game for a 2024 release. Interestingly enough, earlier today, more rumors popped up about the remake being made, this time coming from Xbox Era's, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, from Xbox Era podcast and Windows Central Jess Corden in the most recent episode of the Xbox Era podcast. They said that although the source isn't entirely sure, the Snake Eater remake could make its appearance during the rumored PlayStation showcase and is said to have some sort of PlayStation exclusivity, but no further details were shared. And then after that, Jess Corden also said that he had heard similar rumors. And then they've also said that uh, they're also looking at Silent Hill and maybe even at Castlevania. Um, Not sure who's working on it for sure, but... And then that goes into the possibility of a PlayStation showcase rumor scheduled for late May, potentially. Um, It could be as soon as this month. It could also be not until the uh, summer game showcase time period, etc. So we will see. Dave, I want to get your take on, first of all, the possibility of Metal Gear Solid 3 and the other games as well, whether we need those remakes, whether we want them, etc. And then also, I don't know, let's just play around with the PlayStation Showcase. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is not crazy about this. I think, you know, we've we, we've got a lot of remakes and... Um, they're sort of the least imaginative way to make money, yeah. <laughs> but they are proven ways to make money. So it's not surprising that, um, you know, they keep going back to the wall. It's also not surprising because like Konami can't really do anything with a Metal Gear Solid IP because Kojima's not there anymore. And we all know it probably wouldn't be what it, what it needs to be. Um, I also didn't really like Snake Eater. I was a really, really big Metal Gear Solid fan back then too. And Snake Eater really disappointed me. Um, I would love to see Metal Gear Solid 2 remade, but uh, I I know that, you know, wasn't the most popular one. It it was a little bit polarizing. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear this news. It's I'm not super excited about it. One, because it's not my favorite game. And two, it's 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 another remake. I'd love to see more Metal Gear, but I also understand that's just not possible um silent hill on the other hand if 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 we're gonna get more of that whether it be remakes or new games i think that's cool uh because i've said it before i said it with dead space like i think the one thing that really does well in remakes is horror games because um you know if you if you have those jump scares can can kind of replicate the fear if if it happens in like a new generation with new technology and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'd like to see where they go with this um and it being on playstation exclusively if that's the case kind of just feels right on playstation um i remember when you know metal gear solid was you know metal gear solid one was exclusive on playstation and then uh, metal gear solid sons of liberty was for a while and then we got like substance on xbox uh i think mgs3 snake eater I, i can't recall if that was exclusive too but there's certain things that just feel right on playstation and feel kind of odd on Xbox. So I think Silent Hill and, and, and Metal Gear Solid are two of those. So that yeah. feels kind of right. Exclusivity, but we'll see what happens. Dave, what about a Castlevania? How can you not want a new Castlevania? Didn't they try to like, do, this was last generation. They tried to do like an action. Uh, like it was like a hack and slash Castlevania. It was like Lord of Shadow or something like that. That was 360 generation. I think. 360. I yeah. think. And maybe it was also on. There were two of them, I think. Uh, Lords of Shadow and Lords of Fallen, something like that. Yeah. And maybe one was on PS4, Xbox One generation. I don't remember. But the, definitely on the 360, I know for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we haven't really... We've had like spiritual kind of successors to like the OG Castlevania with like Symphony of the Night. Or not... Um, you know what I'm talking about. The one that wasn't a Castlevania game, but it was pretty much a Castlevania game. Yeah. Um I know what you mean. Yeah, blood, I know exactly. something of blood, symphony of blood, or something like that. Um, yeah, no, but yeah think, I mean, I, I did, mixing up Rondo of blood and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that would be cool to see, like a like a proper like two D with um, Castlevania game with like really like I'm thinking like Metroid Dread, but obviously yeah. Castlevania. We haven't seen something like that for a long time. I don't think so. That would be cool if they try to modernize it and make it something else. I don't know that it would hit for me, but yeah, I mean, why not? Let's, let's get some more Castlevania. It's been too, too long. Brandon, your thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, I personally don't have much experience with either one of, well, any of them, uh-huh. all, all three of them. Um, I'm most intrigued by Silent Hill. Um, I've seen things of the past games, and I feel like it's a game that has kind of been dark for a while. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to see something new. Um, not thrilled, but not surprised about these remakes. Yeah. Um, especially with things like the Resident Evil remakes doing so well. Um, not that it's exactly the same as a Metal Gear Solid game, but uh, it shows the potential uh, and how much money can be made from refreshes uh, to games, even yeah. if they're you know substantial or otherwise. It seems uh, they just pour in money. So um, Silent Hill sounds cool, and I would be interested in seeing um, some more Castlevania. I've been a passing fan of that for a while. Never really jumped in, but um, would love to see some new ideas thrown in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with legendary series, like all three of these, I feel like it's a fine line to walk. Um, but I'm hoping at least one of them um, can, you know, break some new ground um, somewhere. Um, and we're not just going to get three new remakes. Um, so yeah. you never know. I mean, financially, it probably makes the most sense for them to do three, three remakes uh, out of all of these. But yeah, um, I would love to see something new. I mean, these IPs are obviously legendary. All three of them um, have their own merit, but... Um, yeah, we'll see. And it does feel right on PlayStation. So, yeah. you know, not that I'm ever cheering for exclusivity, but um, this isn't like surprising. But this is real life. Yeah, it isn't <laughs> yeah. like surprising to yeah. me. So this episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On that topic of the showcase uh, specifically, there is a sticker on this microphone. Oh, I didn't shit. know it was here before. I just touched it by accident. <laughs> and maybe it's been here for years for all I know. I don't know. Uh, I, you guys have I didn't give you guys time to think about this. I made a video on this and put it out today. So I have it on my mind. But I just want like if everybody has, I don't know, a prediction or a hope for a possible showcase. And I'll go ahead and go first to give you guys a couple minutes to think. I think one thing that we're probably going to see, I, I hope that we see. And also, I think it's likely is more information and a release date for Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Because we got some leaks recently from voice actors that the game was coming probably in September. So like now that that's kind of almost basically confirmed, um, or maybe they want to dispel that. I don't know. I think that they would, PlayStation would probably put out when that's going to come. And then also like, it's just time. Like that's, I know that with God of War, they didn't reveal anything too deep about it until very late into the cycle but i think that um i think that sony just has been quiet for so long and now that they had a big win with the cma and everything you know yeah uh we may see them talk a little bit more but do either of you guys i don't want to put you directly on the spot no do either of you have any predictions or hopes this is like off the wall but with the latest um rumblings and i guess it's more than rumblings it's like confirmed the twisted metal show coming out oh i would love to see them revitalize this ip even in a small way i think there was somebody working on a new one even if it was budget let's say 25 30 dollars yeah i feel like with the way that multiplayer games work now not not that i want it to be a battle pass uh skin hell but i would be interested to see what twisted metal has to offer yeah. In a 2023, 2024 timeline, because I feel like those were some of the coolest games when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. They do not hold up as well as I thought. Up, no. They, Dude, I bought Twisted Metal Black for the PS4 and I was like, this game is not only incredibly fucking hard. How did I ever play this as a child yeah. and do anything at all other than die? Right. And uh, yeah, I just it's kind of out there, but especially with the show, you know, getting screenshots from the show and stuff. Sure. I would love for them to do something um, with twisted metal. Um, Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to think of something else, but that was like my big one that just came out of nowhere. I was like, man, it's just, it was such a legendary IP for like so many years, way, way, way back. Um, And then it completely, completely just absolutely fizzled out. So that that's a good one. I wish I had thought of that because I really I do put a lot of emphasis. I don't personally, but I think Sony puts a lot of emphasis on their 
multimedia stuff right yeah. now, like specifically with Sony Pictures. Yeah. So I think that anything that can tie in, they're going to start pushing. Whether they do that before the show or releases, before the show or after it releases, I don't know. But Dave, what about you? You got any? You got a prediction for the showcase or a hope, a wish? Yeah, I don't have any predictions. Um, well, I would predict we. I would agree with you. I think we'll see something Spider-Man related because um, I don't know if we're gonna get any more showcases between now and sort of September, right? Um, other than Summer Games Fest, but uh, hopes. I would love to hear something from Bungie. Mm, I know it's probably yeah. way too early to get into that, but you never know. Um, sure. It would be cool to see, you know, what comes of that relationship. Um, I would love to see SOCOM make an appearance. I know that's also wishful thinking, but I really, really, really miss that franchise. Uh, I think Sony could use a shooter and uh, the iron's hot right now with um, Microsoft's yeah. fuck up. So why not? <laughs> yeah, really um, and then the third thing i would love to see is uh what's next from housemark um yeah yeah i don't know if we're gonna see some returnal dlc or if we're going to get like a close look at or you know even a teaser of of what's next from them or what they're planning but um this is a developer that sony owns now so I'm sure they want to get them back to work on on making something new. I'm sure their development team has grown somewhat since one Returnals uh, launched and two since their acquisition. So those are three things that I think would be cool to see. But um, yeah, Twisted Metal would be cool. Uh, anything new? Again, let's let's thank Sony. We've got all the remakes we need, but show me something new and something cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, also speaking of, I you know I predicted this maybe for the last Sony showcase, and maybe I don't know if it'll be Summer Game Fest. We still don't know much about the Last of Us multiplayer. Yeah, that was I did that. Like, I talked about that. In like video I too. feel yeah. like it would make so much sense off of the wind from the show uh-huh. to just absolutely you know fill the sails yeah. <laughs> of the uh, of the entire franchise of the entire IP. So I feel like. They, sh- I, I was expecting it earlier. Yeah. Now, now that the show's over, I mean, not all of the heat has died down. Clearly, it's still being talked about. Um, but I think it would make sense um, to do it this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of hopeful. Well, Neil so. Neil Druckmann said in the HBO podcast, I think it was in the HBO podcast, that we could expect to hear more later this year. Well, so there aren't really many other times. Yeah, there's like uh, like big time. They could do a <laughs> yeah. state of play easily. True. And PlayStation shows no aversion to just casually announcing something on their blog and knowing everyone's going to find out about it. Right. But that's like their their big studio. You right. know? I don't even know. If, I think they're the best studio, but they're certainly one of the best. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe if if they actually announce a showcase, maybe we can actually plan to do like a list of five predictions seats or something like that yeah. for a future show. Sure. Uh, although knowing Sony, they'll probably announce it and have it the next day. So we may not get a <laughs> chance, but we'll talk. We can talk about it later on for sure. Dave brought up Microsoft and I just have to bring up some more Microsoft. Uh, kind of. We'll talk about Redfall briefly here. Uh, but TwistedVoxel.com says that Starfield has been rated M by the ESRB, and it says it features violence and use of drugs. Quote, Microsoft and Bethesda Softworks' upcoming action role-playing game Starfield has been rated M by the Entertainment Software Rating Board. According to the promotional material for the upcoming Starfield Direct, the game has been rated Mature 17+, plus by the ESRB. Full details regarding the rating aren't yet available as the game's rating page isn't yet available on the board's official site, though key points highlighted in the promotion include violence, blood, suggestive themes, strong language, and use of drugs. I've always wondered, what does suggestive themes mean? Is it suggesting you play nice with your friends or that you murder them? You know? It's like a it's like a bulge. It's kind of suggesting there's a cock and balls mm. behind it. Okay. Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? According to the ESRB <laughs> ratings guides, guide games that receive an M rating contain content that is generally suitable for ages 17 and above. They may contain intense violence, blood and gore, sexual content, and or strong language. In comparison, Bethesda Softworks' previous game, Fallout 76, has also received an M rating over blood, gore, drug reference, intense violence, and strong language. Uh, the Australian Classification Board had given Starfield a restricted rating, and the listing also stated, in addition, that it would feature interactive use of drugs. Uh, so we can, yes. we can. I mean, there's, there's a lot more here, but 
Dave, I want to know what your thoughts are on Starfield. We probably already knew this game was going to be rated M for some reason or another, but are you excited to see a mature rated release from Bethesda? Not that that's a new thing once again for them, but for this game specifically, it kind of looks, uh, you know, other than the, the violence, it kind of looks a little milk toast. but maybe there's a little more something to it. Yeah, it's going to be such a big game that I think they had to leave a lot of room for um, somebody somewhere in the game is going to say fuck or tits or something. Yeah. You got to have an M rating for that. Uh, do, you somebody's, for, do you have to have an M for tits? I don't know. We'll oh, okay. have to research that. But yeah. um, somebody's going to refer to some space drugs. Like if you look at like Netflix, like ratings, like when when something says like this has been rating for this for like smoking Mm -hmm. and like somewhere somewhere in the background is smoking a cigarette or refers to smoking or something like any little mention of something like this is going to flag that so again it's such a big game i'm sure there's like some piece of dialogue somewhere that you know would trigger an m rating so probably um probably makes sense but yeah i'd be more interested if this came out with a teen rating because um yeah there's a lot of violence in these games and uh, I guess the question is, is Starfield going to be Bethesda's most violent game when you when you hold it up against like, um, you know, Fallout and Elder Scrolls and stuff like that? Because um, what you know, about Doom? Doom? No, no, I well, mean, Bethesda I mean, more, studios. Oh, OK. Yeah. More and more in that in, in that vein of game. <laughs> OK, I got you. Gotcha. Nothing's more violent than Doom except Postal. But there, I mean, there's um, no there's no titties in Doom, but, you know, there should be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's not surprising. There could be. Yeah. Um, no, this is good. Um, I was really pleased to hear this because I didn't want it to be a mass appeal thing. Uh-huh. And not that an M rating doesn't appeal to most of the masses, but um, I just hate things being uh, turned vanilla uh, just for the sake of it selling more copies to children. Yeah. So um, it wouldn't have made sense from bethesda to do this sort of thing i don't think but um many uh, studios that have acted in ways that i assume they would don't do that pretty often yeah <laughs> nowadays so right. um yeah i mean this is good this is good and you know they had two shots and they fucked up the one pretty bad so let's hope let's cross our fingers um that uh, microsoft can kind of you know sneak out one good one this year um well, speaking of the other one of those, got a rumor here. Again, I don't really put a lot of stock in rumors or anything, but according to Twisted Voxel, which is a decent website that reports genuine things most of the time, it said Microsoft reportedly knew Redfall would be a disaster a month before launch. Quote, speaking in the latest episode of The Last of the Nintendo Dogs, Jeff Grubb, who was known for his connections in the game industry, stated that one such connection at Microsoft told him that Redfall was going to be a disaster. Grubb thought it best to wait till the game's launch to decide whether this would be the case. However, in retrospect, he felt that he should have made had more faith in his source. He recalled that his source knew what he was talking about. Given that the information was coming from the Microsoft side, it meant they were aware that Redfall was in a rough state. Grubb further stated that the way things work at Microsoft is they don't change anything and let the studios continue doing what they're doing and barely interfere at all. He further clarified that this means that Microsoft barely manages the studios at all, yada, 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 yada. Uh, Jez Corden from Windows Central stated with certainty that Microsoft had no involvement in the decision or delay to release Redfall. Uh, Microsoft denied a Redfall. He said, according to him, rumors denied. Let me start over. According to him, rumors that Microsoft denied Redfall a delay are mere lies. He added that Microsoft and ZeniMax are still operating with limited integration, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. I just kind of wanted to give another shot to talk about Redfall and Brandon. I think you'll have that in the what you've been playing section here as well. Yeah. But I just wanted to. I don't always buy into everything that uh, that Jeff says. Sure. Specifically. Sure. But he does know a lot of people and he talks to a lot of them. Right. What do you think the implication is if they knew whether it was Microsoft or whether it was specifically uh arcane or whatever right if they knew that the game was going to be a disaster and still released it yeah well you know obviously this is a rumor i i find it very interesting that supposedly according to this that microsoft has very they don't strong hand their developers is kind of what 
this yeah. this article is putting forward. And which, by the way, we can lead into the Phil Spencer interview here that I know you wanted to talk about. Sure. Because Phil specifically said they didn't get involved with it. Right. Which I feel like is very interesting and not a point to gloss over. I feel like most of the time, that's exactly what you want. And that's what, you know, as a game developer, I feel like mostly that would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like for everybody involved part of me wishes that microsoft maybe would have stepped in at some point yeah. and said hey six month delay <laughs> you yeah. know or something so you know obviously that's a double-edged sword there um but you know to imply that microsoft knew this and still didn't step in is very weird to me um i think it's very weird that they seemingly have marketed this game Almost more than any other game that I remember almost ever seeing marketed. In a long time. Um, I I mean, I see it fucking everywhere. Yeah. Uh, literally. Um, right I, back. I I hear it on podcasts that I've never heard video game ads on before. Just, just Redfall ads, not yeah. Xbox ads, Redfall ads. And it's just, it's, it's very strange if this rumor is to be believed mm-hmm. um, that they would say nothing. Yeah. Um, and somebody had to have known. Sure. I mean, like reasonably, whether or not this is true or not, like somebody at Microsoft has to have seen the progress leading up to launch and known that there were probably going to be some issues. And this isn't just one or two things we're talking about. I mean, you know, it's (laughs) paramount to the entire game's success. um, You know, the, the shortcomings that this title has. Yeah. So Dave, uh, did you get a chance to watch the uh, the interview with Phil Spencer that kind of funny did? No, I saw the. Uh, I, I've, I'm familiar with it. I've seen the highlights and stuff. Okay, well, for both of you, then the questions are. I mean, I just wanted to get your impressions on on what he had to say there. the The thing that was most interesting to me, and I watched it twice. I watched it when it came out. I saw the clip. I was like, well, I need to see more context. Right. I watched the whole interview from start to finish. And then I was um, on the Iron Lords podcast this week and they were going to be talking about it. So I watched it again that morning just so I'd be fresh again. And the thing that was most interesting to me is that, you know, they he, he talked about how they should have stepped in earlier and should have given more support and should have given more guidance. But how that, you know, kind of contradicts with their general outlook on games. And I don't know how you fix that. Like, I guess you have like a, a benevolent dictatorship so at you, some point. So you let the studio shoot themselves in the foot. And then even though your name's attached to it, you take no responsibility. Yeah. I mean, in you know in, what I mean? In like, some fairness, the game started development long before they were acquired. Well, still. But the game didn't come out before they were acquired. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's on Microsoft's head, yeah. in my opinion. Exactly. Now, I, the interview was very interesting especially from someone as obviously affluent in the games industry and you know obviously the head uh of the uh, of the snake here so to speak yeah um but he literally ate the snake his, the snake literally <laughs> ate its own tail in this but yeah didn't I, what confuses me about this is did he not say in that interview that in internal mock reviews, they had this double digits higher than what it actually came out as. He did say that, yeah. So this is the, Jeff Grubb's report is completely contrary to that, is it not? I mean, it's a fifty-eight right now, so ten digits higher is still a sixty-eight. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't. So let's call it a seventy, and, and we sure. all know what a seventy is in the gaming industry. It's just fine. I wouldn't call that a, a disaster. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I it's agree. it one's a rumor, and one is coming from Phil Spencer. Right. Phil's he's he he's the figurehead. He's got to he's got to look good, and I I think it takes a lot of balls for him to come out and do do what he did and do that interview and. He knew exactly what he was doing by by doing that, and and that's say what you will about Microsoft and how little they've delivered, but they've got a guy like Phil Spencer who you know is universally liked uh, yeah. across the industry. But um, at the end of the day, I think there's probably numbers to show somewhere that like, and Skull and Bones is going to come to this point too at some at some point in the near future where it's cheaper to release a broken game than to keep feeding it money. And when you have as much marketing pumped into something like Redfall, I suspect it just got to that point where it was like, we need to get this game out now. Um, Redfall was in a position where regardless of what happened, 
it got everybody's attention for an entire week. Yeah. And I guarantee you that Xbox uh, Game Pass subscription spiked. Yeah. And, yeah. and there will be positives from that. So I think like we've seen it with so many other games. We're seeing it with Battlefield right now. We're, we've seen it with like Destiny and stuff where it's like we're in an age where you can release a shit game and you can um you know have like a skeleton crew work on it for you know another year or 16 months and you're going to continue to see revenue for a long time so i suspect it may have been a situation like that um but it's just so weird like having these reports from jeff grubb and then we we literally have the exact opposite coming from phil spencer i don't know how much more we're going to hear about this but um yeah that that approach is really really interesting of of microsoft intentionally being hands off and sort of having that servant leadership approach. But how is that going to change going forward? Because like, this is a heavy investment in Redfall that's gone completely wrong. Yeah. So I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to see. I wonder if Phil Spencer showed up at, at Todd Howard's door like last <laughs> week and said, I'm working here now. We can't fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that it's also uh, a lot of people gave him shit for it for probably some good reasons and some bad reasons, but I feel like it's a very rare and very uh, almost transparent moment for someone that is that much in power of such a large enterprise. Um, So, you know, like Dave said, mad respect for Phil um, for having that hard conversation and for being what seemed to be surprisingly honest about some things that could have easily been a talking head moment for Microsoft like nine times out of 10, anybody in his position would just be a figurehead for the company. And I feel like it was actually a very um, real moment in a lot of ways, a very real interview, um, you yeah. know, for better or worse. Um, you know, I, I'm even critical of some of the things he said, but yeah. um, I feel like I respect the fact the guy. that he was willing to say that. Yeah. 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 Respect. So. It, it kind of bothered me that, uh, you know, as a fan of all video games and all, all the makers, I was a little bit irritated. I think that the way, I don't know that the way he said his comments were intended, but at one point he said something along the lines of, you know, even if Starfield comes out and it's 11 out of 10, that doesn't mean people are going to go out and sell their, their PS5s and making good games isn't going to make people switch over. And I know what he means by that, but my point is, if you don't make good games, then they definitely, I'm not asking them to switch over, then they definitely won't buy your console or or subscribe to your service or do any of the things that you're doing. And just having that we're in third place mentality, even if it's true, and voicing that seems really dangerous to me. Yeah. That sets a tone at your studios. Yeah. That, okay, well, it doesn't matter how hard we work, our our brand's never going to be in the lead. Uh, and maybe I'm being a little naive and thinking that the studios care about how Microsoft does in general, but I think that at least some of them do, at least the heads of the studios do because, you know, their whole studio is dependent upon the mothership, right? (laughs) They're getting their checks cut. Yeah. But I think it was a very honest and transparent and I got direct confirmation from Paris when I was on the ILP podcast, he was in chat and it was definitely him who said that Microsoft did not, um, prohibit them or prevent them or even screen any of the questions they were asking. And I think that takes major balls yeah. for, for Phil and I guess for the PR team to be able to do that as well. I mean, he doesn't seem like well, somebody who needs to who needs to be babied. He, he kind of is. I mean, he's good on his feet, even if I don't always think what he says is the best thing. Yeah, he's, he's definitely well-spoken. Yeah. Um, and to be able to take f- questions that weren't fed to you beforehand. Right. Like, right. like literally everything that we ever view everything. is nowadays. Yeah. Um, does take a lot of balls. So, yeah. one more news article here. Oh no, I just got a, a message. What is what is this? Um, it's Phil. It's Phil. Phil Spencer. Phil just. Oh, he's <laughs> listening. This isn't even live, and he's listening and sent me a message and said, "Thanks, bro. You were a real one." Jim said, "Stop fucking talking to that guy." Weird. Jim Ryan. So weird. As it turns out, according to GossipsLife.com and some other websites as well. Nintendo Switch is no longer in the cards for Firaxis's Marvel game. Marvel's Midnight Suns is still coming to PS4 and Xbox One, but its Nintendo Switch version has been sunset. Developer Firaxis revealed the Switch version of the game is no longer planned after it was originally announced for the handheld, then delayed last year alongside other last-gen uh, last versions. 
Canceling previously announced console versions of a game doesn't always happen, and doing so can result in lost sales, obviously. For Midnight Suns in particular, it hits even harder since it feels tailor-made for the console. The news comes ahead of the last-gen release on May 11th and the game's newly released DLC featuring the popular X-Men character Storm. Both the PS4 and Xbox One versions will be released only on their respective digital marketplaces. Other Firaxis games like Civ 6 and XCOM 2 both received Switch versions years after their initial releases. The cancellation of Midnight Suns for the system again raises questions about how well it's sold since December 22 release and what threshold was was to and what that threshold was to make a Switch version viable to start with. Uh, we know that Midnight Suns has not performed really well. I really wanted to talk about, I guess, how this relates to the Switch, but I also wanted to say I really, 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 ever since it came out, I've wanted to play Midnight Suns. And I didn't get it right when it launched because I just had too much else to play. And it was the ho- like going into holiday season. And it's also that's also a really busy work time for me. And I just didn't play it. And now I've started to see it for like 25, 30 bucks. And I want to play it on Steam specifically. Did you should get it? I started to see it for like 25, yeah. 30 bucks. But one time I saw it for 20 bucks and I missed the deal. <sighs> and now I'm like, I don't care if it's 25 bucks. <laughs> I want it for 20. I want it for 20. Yeah. And then I also look at like the legendary edition because it's got all the DLC and everything. And I kind of yeah, want yeah. that. But at this point, I'm just like, I want it. I want to, I actually have time to play it. But that $5 difference, even right. though it would be <laughs> nothing in my life, well, maybe something, but very little in my life, I'm like, I can't justify it. Since I know the game will dip down to 20 again. Yeah. No, I I played like... I'm a fan of XCOM. Yeah. Um, Not a huge fan, but definitely a fan. Um, And I thought this game was pretty cool. It's kind of campy. Did you play it? Uh, yeah, I played the whole intro. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't play all of it. I didn't play all of it. I did not play all of it, but I tried it. Do you have it? No, oh, I, okay. I game shared it with somebody. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. But they were like, hey, check out this game. I got it. And so I, you know, I sat with them and stream did the controller passing on PlayStation. Yeah. But um was surprisingly fun. Um, I thought it was gonna be complete ass. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool. Obviously, it's very cheesy in the way that the Marvel Avengers game was. Um, but uh yeah, not not so bad. I guess I'm not surprised that it's not coming to Switch if it's not doing well at all. I don't think it makes sense to waste money on that, but I don't think it should come to last gen console at all. Yeah. So Dave, as the resident AAA game enjoyer on the switch, what thank you? Um, yeah, I think, you know, technically this game just wasn't up to snuff for the switch. There are certain standards that need to be, uh, that need to be met for switch. Think, you know, God of war and stuff like that, that, that ilk of game, you need to be, um, you need to be up there technically to make it, uh, onto the switch. So this didn't, <laughs> it's it's disappointing because i'm with you ben i really want to play this game um and i'm i just actually wish listed on, on on the playstation app so i can see when it goes on sale yeah because i don't know if it's a 90 dollar game for me um but uh it's it's probably going to go on sale a lot but i think the switch would be really good for this kind of game um i'm not a huge like XCOM guy but uh you know just knowing what the game is like and like the other half of the game is like this relationship building thing that you actually do with the other heroes right uh and i think that would be like something that would be nice on the switch it would be something that would be nice to take on the go and play on the bus or or whatever um so yeah it's a little disappointing because i i for me this is something that would really appeal to me um on the switch but i'm I'm with you ben i I really want to play this game it's it's high up there in my backlog Dave, this is the game I was going to bring up about the physical and digital conversation. This game is still 70 USD dollars, US dollars, dollars, 70 USD on the PlayStation store and obviously much higher um, dollar amount in Canada. And I have seen this game regularly, very regularly, physically available on PS5 for 30 bucks. And I'm like, this is one of those justifications for me even though I don't, I want to play it on Steam specifically, but this is one of those justifications for me. And I'm like, yeah, physical is the way for me still. I don't know. Obviously, it's not always the way, but when things like this happen and the games are definitely cheaper much earlier physically than they are digitally, I'm like, yeah, I made the right choice. Yeah. Big time. So anyway, Dave, all I was trying to say is that you should get a disk drive. Yeah. yeah. Loud and clear. Boys, let's talk about what games we've been playing. <laughs> I'm going to go first because mine is really super boring. 
This week, the only things I have played are Loop Hero and Sea of Thieves, and I have talked about both of them extensively on the show. So I don't have anything new. I was very busy. I had to go away to do some deliveries for something. It's a whole thing. But uh, yeah, I haven't played much. But Dave, what have you been playing? Uh, I played a little bit of Halo Infinite this week. Okay. I jumped into the multiplayer and uh, I played some Halo Infinite, checked out some of the new maps. I can't tell you what they're called because I don't remember. Sure. Yeah. Um, Rust. Halo's Rust. fun. Yeah. Halo's fun to jump into every yeah. now and then. It has, although, been a um, year and a half since launch. And I still think it's weird. So matches in Halo, I think, are just inherently short, unless you're playing big team battle. I just think the way the game is set up that that matches do not last that long. I don't think they're that much longer than like a Call of Duty match, but they're they're short. They're supposed to be. Sure. Um, however, I think like the split of like like that ratio of time you spend waiting for the game to start and time you spend in the game should be like around 80-20. In Halo, it this is like a year and a half since launch, it still feels closer to 60-40. Like I don't know why that menu screen takes so long. Mm-hmm. Um maybe it's just me. I I don't think it is because, you know, I'm playing Call of Duty, you know, in the same house on the same Wi-Fi network and I'm I'm getting games really quick, but yeah, that was kind of annoying, and I remember kind of noting that like at launch, and it still seems to be a thing. But yeah, in any case, if you've got ga- or if you've got your Xbox hooked up and and you're thinking about jumping into Halo, it's it's still fun. It hasn't really evolved too much, but it's still pretty fun. Um, aside from that, I've been playing Subnautica. Um, oh, yes, you both were talking about this game a little while ago, Brandon. I know you've played quite a bit. And- Ben, you've played a little bit. Yep. Um, I talked last week about how I had checked out Valheim, and I'm I'm really kind of gaining more interest into these survival type games. Yes, join the and, dark um, side. So, yeah, Subnautica is a really good one. I've been playing it on Steam. Um, it does like swimming and water so well, uh, which it has to because it's like almost entirely game. based underwater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's just like a discovery game. And, you know, I mentioned how, you know, I had that open world fatigue. So it's kind of nice to like play a game where like exploration and discovery is entirely based on you and your your risk tolerances and, and not chasing um, menu icons and stuff. And it's like, if you want to go figure out how to craft something new, you just got to go search and see what you find and um kind of overcome that fear of of running out of oxygen or whatever it's kind of nice in subnautica because like when you die you just kind of respawn valheim it was a little bit more difficult like there was kind of a permadeath permadeath light thing in there but um no i'm enjoying subnautica um it's it's a really cool game it it does resource collection and crafting and stuff like that really well and you get what you put into it so yeah, I'm enjoying it. If if it was only like thirteen dollars or something on Steam, it's one of those games that seems to always be on sale. So if you're yeah. if you're interested in this kind of game, I would definitely suggest checking it out because it's it's a really really cool game. Nice. And your computer runs it all right still. Yeah, yeah, my computer's fine for stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so. nice. The minimum suck on that, even on like like I feel like it's not very yeah, it's a little all. bit of an older game. Yeah, and and even though it's like a huge open world, it's. I think it just does well at rendering everything in at different rates. But with all that water, you never know how it's going to perform. Well, it's just the game does fog. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like that is the right. how it runs so well is, right. is 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 like the you can't see very far. Right. On purpose. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just not rendering in chunks of everything. Yeah. Until you need it to. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? Uh Sad to say that I've been playing more Redfall. I knew this it. Week. <laughs> I knew it yeah. specifically because I saw the Xbox game bar that you were playing. Yeah. 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 So I really keep trying this game and I'm desperately trying to grasp some semblance of a uh, cohesiveness in this game, like, like some picture that I'm missing in the game. Um, but just flat out, it's just, it's bad voice. What? Let me just ask this though: Why the insistence? You know it's bad. Wait till there's like a decent patch, maybe. I know. It's because I 
as I mentioned earlier, nothing else is really grabbing my interest. Right. And I'm an absolute whore for first person shooters, especially now that I got mouse and keyboard. Right. It's very satisfying for me to hone my M and K. Yeah. For a first person shooter specifically. Um, and you know, you say Brandon play Call of Duty. I've done almost everything I could possibly do in Call of Duty multiplayer. Right. And that's why I was playing Battlefield for a little bit, which I probably actually am going to get back into this week yeah. until Tears comes out. But yeah, go over if you really want to know how bad it truly is, because some of the stuff that I was viewing, I couldn't like quantify. I couldn't like, I couldn't describe what I was feeling at all times and what I was looking at, but I knew it was bad please just go watch the Digital Foundry video. It will open your eyes to just how much of an insane technical clusterfuck this entire game is. Um, I really do think that it is going to be a long time before this sort of thing is remedied. Yeah. Um, and just to see the technical extent of how bad it truly is, the, the things that I was feeling, um, including just issues with the engine, it's built-in period, I think they're going to struggle for a long time to even make this game um, suitable <laughs> for most high-end PCs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just kind of disappointing. Um, I've just been wanting to play something PvE and just turn off my brain and relax. And I guess that's done the trick. Sure. Um, but at what extent? Um, at what so, cost yeah, is really the question. At what cost, exactly. Yeah. So, honestly, that's kind of all I've been playing. I've been popping in and out of playing games here for a couple days because nothing has been tickling my fancy, Ooh. but I really am just waiting for the next big thing. Um, so who knows? Yeah. I'll probably pop, pop back into 2042. I really wish more people would try that game now because I feel like it, it does actually feel way more realized and the gunplay feels pretty good. It, it, it feels as close to what I remember battlefield Four feeling like. So, yeah. My problem with Battlefield, the last couple Battlefields, has just been that I used to love the big team battles yeah. and like being the whole way across the map. And now I spawn in and get shot in the head before I can move. Yeah. And I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, no, I get that. They also have Team D now, which is really nice. Okay. Smaller yeah. maps. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. There's I'm a lot always of variation. In D, you know, Ooh. that and our. I don't know if I mentioned it, but they have complete bot lobbies. And as a yeah, you as that, a yeah. bot myself. Yeah. It just, it inflates my ego so much. Sure. Like I, and I don't even care if I'm ass, right. just, just period, just, just complete dog shit. It feels so good to drop 40 kills when I typically drop like 10 yeah. in a game. And I don't even care if they're shooting at me and missing and I'm standing right in front of them. It feels Bunch good. Stormtroopers. It feels good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Um, probably pretty much done with Redfall. Uh, to be honest with you, because even what I've I've continued to play it, and I think there was quantify that for me. How much more have you continued to play it? I mean, I've played probably three multi-hour sessions. Wow! Since the you're last, a, you're strong. I've probably played like between four and five more hours than you guys have. Oh uh, yeah, they say it really kicks off at the sixth hour. There, you yeah, <laughs> and like. I'm right before like one of the big first boss encounters. Yeah. And so I was considering getting to that to see how I felt, but I have felt the same the entire way through and I've continued to have a lot of the problems. From what I understand, the game is only about 12 hours long. Okay. So yeah, it is what it is. It's a completely perplexing situation that we talked about last week. So I'm not going to dig back into sure, it. Yeah. But um I have the inclination to mock you for continuing to play Redfall. No, no, please. But the reality is you're the strongest one of all of us. I know. I'm the only you one who put up with this much torture. I know. I, I know. tried. I turned. So after we played last week, I think the next day I turned it on. I loaded into the game and I just stared at my screen for about 45 seconds. And then I just turned my Xbox off and I canceled <laughs> my my Game Pass. <laughs> I just think about Game Pass is you can cancel mid subscription, and get a refund. No shit. Really? Yeah. Had to send a message to Microsoft for that one. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've always just like, well, not for Game Pass. I've never canceled it, but usually Sorry, I, meant, I meant like metaphorically, I was sending a message to them. You, oh, you can okay. just do yeah, it on your you. account. Yeah. Most of the time when you cancel a subscription, that's like, okay, well, your subscription's good till the end of your subscription. But I didn't realize you could get a refund. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Uh, you two are not real gamers if you've not played at least 10 hours of Redfall. You can't talk about how good or bad the game is because you haven't beat it yet. You haven't put 13 and a half hours into it. Like I actually got that message this week. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm like, I played between four and five hours of it and immediately deleted it. That was enough. If you can't decide if a game is for you after an hour, a multiplayer game. Right. Specifically. Right. I understand there are other games that don't pick up till an hour or two and whatever. If five hours is not enough time to justify whether or not I think the game is for me, especially when my complaint is that it's broken and boring, then another five hours yeah. isn't going to do the trick. I think it's because you didn't play it on the hardest difficulty on, oh, a, on a Series S. Damn, you're specifically. right. You're right. You're I think right. that was probably it. Well, at least you got to keep all your progression. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just really grateful. I go in, I, I go in and log in tonight, and I'm back to zero. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. All right. Better things to come next week. Yes. I will. I will be excited, and I, it sounds like we're all going to get it. So yeah, I'm hoping um, mine comes pretty close to release date i pre-ordered it back when it was still 60 dollars on gamestop and i did that specifically because there were rumors of it going to be 70 yeah. so i think they're honoring it yeah i'm going to try and beat some, it by some people had it on monday oh no yeah. shit pre-orders i'm going to try and beat it by tuesday so you're going to beat it by tuesday no, I'm just it's impressive <laughs> i think i spent 150 hours in one playthrough on the yeah, on breath of the wild I'm trolling so. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go sign up on the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom and join the Discord over at HandsomePhantom.com slash Discord. We appreciate you. We will talk to you next week. Thank you and good night. Goodbye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick. Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats.